you like retro video games, then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. We also want to shout out our other fine patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond, Derek Shirley, Kathy Gutierrez-Figueroa, Old Rob himself, Robbie Hennig, and I am the Rampage. Let's do it. Time for the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm more yoked than your favorite frittata. I'm Jacob Craig. <laughs> and our guest tonight is a is a comedian who has just been tearing the shit up in like three or four different states here in the South. I mean, he's been road dogging it, getting his fucking name out there, beating me in roast battles, competing in all kinds of fucking <laughs> competitions. We'll get into all the cool shit he's been doing it is none other than eddie raising cane everybody that's right <laughs> I him a new nickname how you guys doing man doing it's been good, so man. long how y'all doing uh you did something really brave a couple of weeks What's ago that? that uh i did the uh the, the the comedy competition which i should not have done because i hadn't been on stage <laughs> in like two months but that was you can you can attest to Jacob that that was a pretty rough crowd, right? Yeah, definitely rough. And uh, I guess we'll get into it a little bit later. Usually, my superpower is uh, crowd work. That's I what I was gonna to do, say. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to try to do crowd work with like belligerent, can't talk back type of drunk, and I realized this is I opened the door for just hell. Oh, dude, and it wasn't good. Eddie gets on stage and he's doing his bits. Like maybe what a minute and a half, two minutes into it, there's this girl who is your quintessential way too drunk white girl, white girl wasted. She's like one of those girls is like holding the glass like this. She's like, I, 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 I'm gonna tell you something, and 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 you, sir, uh, you're wrong. And let me tell you why you're wrong. And Eddie, like you, I'm dude, you're such a better man than me because you engaged her. And opened the I door, did. and I was like, "Oh God, please, dude, don't do this to yourself. Please don't yeah. do this." It was a, uh, it was definitely a rookie mistake, because, like I said, my uh, <laughs> my superpower is crowd work. I love to go back and forth, like like off the tough, off the the cuff shit is like really solid for me. But I didn't realize you can't have any type of intelligent conversation with somebody that fucking drunk. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just talking to a sloppy wall right now. Yeah. And this is entertaining. And then it got to the point where it was like, it turned kind of left because she was, she was giving me all types of bitches and motherfuckers. And I'm just like, if I turn around and call her a bitch, it's like a lose-lose situation. And I, it's not funny anymore because now I'm just attacking her. It was, it was probably my second worst like set that I ever tried to do. It, it was, it was bad, man. It was uh, bad. And, and I, I can't even describe like the, the, this girl was so belligerently drunk, like, and she was trying to heckle you and and be a part of your your set. 
but you couldn't even understand what she was saying. It was so... And poor Eddie's on stage right. just like, what did I just step into, man? <laughs> you just right, stepped I'm, into I'm it. really good at, like, if somebody wants to go back and forth, I'm really good at making what you said sound stupid. The problem yeah. is nobody <laughs> fucking understood what she was saying. She was just being sloppy and cursing. I was like, okay, I, this is the wrong person to engage with. Yeah. yeah, so if I ever rematch you in a roast battle, I know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> just be belligerent. I don't know how to fucking handle that. Yeah, right. Just get way too drunk and fucking <laughs> probably a little racist. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> just, it was a little, <laughs> just a little bit. Racism is funny if only if it's funny. Just a tad in there. Just, <laughs> just a tad. Just, it's it's like racism is a lot like Cajun seasoning. Like you, 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 just, you, you want the dash to make it delicious, yeah, and, and too much, too much in your fucking um, what's that lady's name? Paula Deen. Too much in your yep. Paula Deen. Yeah, yep. And then make sure for like for all the all the comedians out there, make sure you get funny down first. Don't try to be a little racism and you're not funny. Because now you're just being racist. Make sure right. you be funny first, and then attempt this sketchy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, most people I know did it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's never a good formula. Now we're all just, no. now we all hate you. I can yeah, think- no. Now you're just racist. And now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob learned uh, the hard way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. What did I do? I did a few things, but what did I do? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Okay. Yeah, no, there are a few like actual instances you could point towards. Um, Eddie, how, do you like raising canes? Is that is that not a good nickname for you? Uh, I mean, it is the 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 cane part, I guess, because I've never really haven't leaned on it at all. The cane part it starts with the K. It actually comes from my fraternity. Uh, I'm in Cap Alpha Psi fraternity, black fraternity in college, and um, my nickname to myself was Eddie Kane, and that that was usually. <laughs> That was the alter ego that I gave when I wasn't a good person in college. So that was my alter ego that I gave myself when I was out here being wild. But then I turned that into a much better person. <laughs> so like, like how wild were you in college? Like, what kind of shit were you doing? Uh, it was, uh, I guess my vice was, was, was girls at the time. And oh, I, yeah. just, I just was not a, I was an ain't, I was a fuck boy. There it is. There it is. I, was, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was, I was a fuck boy. <laughs> So that was the alter ego that I gave myself, but then I turned that person into a, a better person. Married now, love my life, you know what I'm saying? I love it, so <laughs> here it is. <laughs> yeah, I could tell that there was a little bit of fuckboy in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. I'm not even going to deny it, man. How do you feel about Raising Cane's chicken? Is it good or mm. no? I feel, like, I feel like their chicken fingers get a little soggy. Yeah. You know? No, I guess in, in comparison to, because here, you guys heard of Boos Atlas? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so here, I think Fusaclis is, like, out of Mobile. So the biggest thing is, like, uh, Fusaclis or Canes. Canes is the shit, man. I'm from Kentucky, and uh, they had the first Canes ever, like, uh, on our college campus. I went to the University of Kentucky. First Canes there. I had my little experience. Canes is the shit, but only if you have the sauce. If you don't have the fucking Mm. sauce, then it's just some dry-ass chicken fingers. But that sauce changes the game. Yeah. I think it's, I ate it the very first Raising Cane's. It was in uh, Baton Rouge. <laughs> oh, the first one ever? Yeah. Was Wasn't it made stuff. by uh, LSU students? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an LSU yeah, student that. that started. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I do this have to ask like, you. 
What? What, was, Jake? Was this, what? Was this 1965? What Dude, do you this mean was like a couple of years ago because it's it's touted as a the very... A couple of years ago? It was touted as the very first Raising Cane's, but as like, it's still there. Like, you can still right. go to it and still eat at it. Cane's ain't that old. I think it was it was like invented in like maybe 06 or something. It's not that old. Yeah, yeah it's I don't not think that so. old. I, I don't know. I'm look at that information. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's decently young. Yeah, I'm... Hold on, let me get the Raising Cane's Wikipedia pulled up. Right, right. I don't want to be spreading misinformation, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's after the Y2K. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it was founded in 1996. So that's oh, really close. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jason with hair could have eaten there. <laughs> I, I still didn't have hair in 1996. <laughs> oh my God. Damn! You've been bald for a long time then. Yeah, I started going bald when I was like 18 years old. 18 or 19. Shit, man. Fuck genetics. I guess. Yeah, I know. And, and did you live, like, close to any kind of, like, cell phone tower or, like, any kind of electricity or radiation? <laughs> no, here's what's fucked up. You know how everybody says, like, my dad's ball. I look exactly like my dad, pretty much. Okay. Everybody told me growing up that, like, oh, you're not going to lose your hair because you get your hair loss gene from your, your mom's side. My grandfather on my mom's side, like, went to his grave with a head full of jet black hair. So I was like, oh, I'll never lose my hair. 18 years old, boom, it started getting further and further back till finally I said, fuck it. It's got to go. <laughs> but at least you got the full beard. Like, it's okay to be bald if you have, like, a full beard. Like, Dude. for me, I, I'm 30, and I'm just now getting this shit. That pisses me off. Yeah, man. Jacob's fucked if he ever loses his hair. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, like, I, hey, I can grow a full, thick, bushy neck beard, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can grow it right from the neck down, but I cannot get that shit to go up on my chin. Your Adam's apple has been warm since 06, huh? <laughs> yeah. That warm apple cider. <laughs> See, that's I, I got screwed out of the deal because I have chest hair like freaking Burt Reynolds and shit. Like, I don't have oh, any shit. hair on my head, but I got, I got like some massive like monkey chest hair. It's awful. Wait, I hate it. Personal, personal question. Personal question. Do you have back hair? Back Nia? Back, no, do you have back hair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I got, like, hair that, like, grows up on my shoulders here. I gotta shave that shit off. I'm like, ugh, that's gross. Here's yeah, what you gotta do. shave that. So, like, when, when, like, with burn victims, they'll take, like, a skin graft off of their ass? <laughs> that's what you do, is you just, you allocate your resources. <laughs> Put it all up on the top. No. Put it all up on the top, baby. No, I don't want to do that. And then that way it'll just look like you're going bald because it'll be, it'll be all like the thin like pubic hairs. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> hairs. And Eddie, how do you feel about frittatas? Have you ever made a frittata? Have you had a frittata? What's your opinion? I've never heard of that before. What's a frittata? So it's like a breakfast like Anelli? egg dish. Huh? A Nelly frittata? I farted. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. I thought somebody was knocking on the door. <laughs> no, dude, that was a straight <laughs> fart on a wooden chair, baby. Let's wow. go. <laughs> All right, let me look exactly at what's in a frittata. So it's a it's an egg dish. It's kind of like an omelet, but you keep it like in the pan and like serve it in the pan, and it's kind of like crispy. It has like a crispy like edge around it. Uh -huh. It's like a crispy omelet, basically. 
I'm down for anything with eggs. Eggs is like my second favorite food. So I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. yes to frittata. Let's go. What's, is, is your first favorite food soup? Because if it is, I'll have to blow you. I don't know. Whose favorite food is soup? Are you, are you, are you poverty? Why would your favorite food be, <laughs> be soup? <laughs> That's like the most poverty fucking meal that you do. I keep trying to tell him this. Like when I'm broke and I have no yeah. money, like I go get soup to eat at work. Like if I, I, I have to <laughs> eat go to lunch. the soup kitchen. It's like I'm going to go get a uh, 75 cent can of like fucking great value minestrone. Yeah. Exactly. If I'm eating soup, shit's not going right. It's <laughs> not going right at all if I'm eating soup. I'm not purposely ever ordering soup. I'm not doing it. What are you talking about? No, my, my favorite food is wings, not soup. Oh, yeah. Dude, no shit. So it's, it's a meme for the podcast that I'm really into soup. I don't fuck with soup that hard, actually, guys. I know I'm breaking kayfabe Bullshit. right now. But I don't fuck with wings. Chicken wings are my go-to yeah. yeah, I think we bonded over this before. Yeah, because shout out to the juke joint. It's weird. I've had wings everywhere. I, I'm not going to lie, man. Consist On a consistent basis, juke joint has like the best wings I've ever had yes. in my life, man. They're, they're fucking good, bro. Dude, I think the juke joint has some of the best food around, period. Like, they're, they're crawfish yeah. on Sundays when they do crawfish Sundays is excellent. Like, it's some of the best crawfish you can get. Because uh, usually right. I don't like crawfish that's made by like restaurants and stuff. Like they never put enough like seasoning in it, and it's really bland. But man, Juke Joint they do it up. And then when they yeah they do when they have their outside uh, cookery <laughs> setup where they're doing like grilled burgers cookery. and stuff, dude, nice. it's all good. It's all good. Oh yeah, so good. That, that's that's a classic place of like just don't judge it by how it looks because it looks yeah. like the Water Boys neighbor <laughs> when you like from the outside. <laughs> Uh, it who looks, is, who, what's the what's the character he played in the Water Boy? What's the, the name of him? Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. It looks like Bobby Boucher's neighbor in a fucking Louisiana swamp. It does. It the, looks... first time I, when, the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, this is not a place for fucking me. And then I went in there and I ordered those wings. I was like, I love this place. It looks this like the kind dope. of place that you walk in there and you eat, you're gonna get tetanus. Like, <laughs> yo, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. There's somebody with no teeth in there hitting on you. Like, yeah, that's the type of place it looks like. I yeah, love but it. To though. be fair, dude, like, that's all the best eateries in Mississippi look like mm. they will give you the worst food poisoning, but it's the best food you've ever had. I've preached this a million times. Gas stations in Mississippi, the mm. best food you will ever have are from gas stations in Mississippi. So that's like the white version. Of, so, so that's y'all's white version. And the black version is like the best black food that you can get is in the most hood, the most dangerous yeah. fucking places, like where you might get shot. Yeah. They got some good ass sweet potato. I swear to God. <laughs> they got to make it worth, worth risking it. your life. <laughs> the secret ingredient Dude, is fear. I'm not kidding. What are the- <laughs> You gotta be scared. Fear, you gotta be, yes. after you run for your life, that adrenaline's pumping. You might not have sweet potato boy. I'm telling you, yo, if you gotta bend at the waist to order underneath the burglary bars, that food is gonna be fire, bro. It's gonna be fucking fire, bro. You're Dude, not some, wrong. Sometimes that does backfire though. Cause I've I've told this on the show before. I don't think I've ever said, told you this story, Eddie, but short version is. I was doing a room in Panama City, Florida, and there's a Dodge's chicken that is like five minutes away from the house that we're staying at. 
And so I stopped there at like one in the morning and they have some spicy chicken wings ready. And I go and I get those fucking <laughs> spicy chicken wings and I just absolutely fucking demolish them. And then ev- all the other comedians get back to the house. I got there first. And they were like, dude, why did you buy chicken from the gas station where everyone buys crack from? Because <laughs> it like, should that's- be synonymous for delicious. Like, that's not safe chicken. They were like, no, like that place, that whole place is a front for crack cocaine. Mm. And it, that chicken made me so sick. <laughs> oh, did it? Oh, yeah. Because I probably I good, good sitting there for no, like because, seven hours. Well, that and like they don't actually give a shit about cooking it because they don't make money off of anything except the crack cocaine. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's like they don't give a fuck about anything else. They don't give a fuck about the actual business. They're just like, do you want crack or not? Well, I'm sorry that chicken wasn't good for you, bro. Yeah. It's all right. The crack I bought was really good, dude. It was fucking <laughs> bussin', as the kids say. Crack made it better. <laughs> shit was lit. The worst, yeah, uh, the worst food, po- some of the worst food poisoning I ever had was from gas station food. Because I, I went to a big, what is it, Big B's on uh, Washington Avenue. Um, if, Eddie, if you're, if you're coming into Ocean Springs and going to Juke Joint and you take Washington Avenue, down uh-huh. into uh, downtown Ocean Springs, you'll pass this big called Big B's Exxon. Don't get anything to eat there ever. <laughs> I thought you were about to like shout them out. <laughs> no, dude. I got. I went there one morning and they had uh, biscuits and gravy, and I was like, "Oh, this looks good. I'm gonna get some biscuits and gravy." I got it, dude. Three hours later, I was just ejecting out of both ends. Like it was yeah. awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a really special gas station for me to get any type of hot food. If I go to a gas station, I'm, I'll keep it safe with some some crackers, some peanut butter and jelly crackers or something like something <laughs> safe. I'm not getting like actual food from gas stations. I can't do it. Look here, Eddie. <laughs> now, life is too short. To be, look, I understand you. You look like you have some money on the stock market. You look like you have a little bit of crypto. <laughs> you look like you got a 401k. I know you got a good job. You have some things to live for, but I'm going to get food from the fucking gas station. (laughs) I don't have any of that. I don't have a dollar in my savings account right now, but I will get some gator balls and pizza sticks from a shady fucking gas station. (laughs) You better believe it. You got it, man. Have it. I I will. I'll take it back. I've had like, uh, I've had po' boys from a gas station in New Orleans. And that was fire. That was fire. Totally different. The gas station. When they have a whole buffet setup of like yeah. ribs and shit, and you walk in, and you're like, okay, that's good. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so gas, like, gas is what you sell on the side. Y'all really do food. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Gas is extra. I got you. Yeah. yeah. The best places <laughs> to eat in New Orleans are, are like the little bodegas that are like, you know, you walk in and it's just a tiny little store that you got to squeeze past everybody to yeah. get to the back of the store where they have the little, uh, you know, the little window. That you go to and you get your you get your po' boy from way in the back, and then you go eat it out on mm-hmm. the street. Those are the best places to get food in New Orleans. Oh yeah, shout out to shout out to New Orleans. New Orleans is always a place that I like. Every time I've been there like fifty times, and every single time I try to do something different and end up on Bourbon Street every fucking time. <laughs> shout out to that place, dude. There's so many cool things to do in New Orleans other than go to Bourbon Street. I, and I try to do it, but I just end up on Bourbon Street every time. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, that, that's 
that's kind of facts though like <laughs> you can't go to new orleans and then not end up on bourbon street mm-hmm. they got some dope places some dope because i've done some comedy at uh i guess let's write it back to comedy i've done some comedy in uh in new orleans and that was the first place that like you could that i've experienced where you can do multiple open mics in the same night yeah mm-hmm. so they got a really good comedy scene out in new orleans man yeah for sure i've um i did a week of shows there about a year ago now it was last august i did mm-hmm. like a, a whole week in new orleans i think i made about 25 dollars. that's a whole different conversation <laughs> <All> right, damn <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was like every show that i was actually booked on is like i would plan after the show to like go to an open mic that was after the show it's like like it's the kind of place where you could like sit down and look at like all the time slots and it's like mm-hmm. i'm off stage at this time i can go over to this open mic and then there's another late night open mic it's like i mean you there are nights where you can get up like three different times yeah that's the fucking grind if you can really dedicate yourself to going up on stage like three different times like that's i still have yet to do that i've done multiple open nights like from like back-to-back nights mm-hmm. but never like in the same night before i'd like to do that i think the craziest shit i've done in terms of turnaround is I was booked for Art Walk in Mobile at Serta's Coffee, which doesn't do comedy anymore. And if you know anything about Art Walk, you know it's a bunch of bullshit. So it was like a, it was a good crowd that was there for the Art Walk, and I was headlining it. But I bombed like really fucking hard because I was doing my jokes in a coffee shop. And yeah. my jokes don't go in a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, so, you're, a little, you're a little edgy. I, a little. I'm loud. I'm very loud. And that just doesn't that doesn't go well when there's like people right outside the door trying to just not hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I like and we were getting paid with tips from that show. Zero tips in Damn. Mobile. Uh, so I got no I got paid no money for that show. And then the same night I was featuring for a headliner at the Duke joint about in <laughs> about 30 minutes after my set is over. So I had to like hightail it from Mobile. Back to Ocean Springs in the same night in 30 minutes, which is not possible. I got there in like 40, 40, 45 minutes on the interstate. And you were speeding. Yeah, because that's not a 45-minute <laughs> yeah. drive. You were speeding. And, and I don't drive either. It was my mama that was speeding. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's about to catch a speeding ticket for me to do, for me to bomb a headlining set in Mobile and then bomb a feature set in Ocean Springs. Mm. That's the fucking beauty of comedy, though, like, because there's so many different varieties and different variables. Like, you may be good here. You may be bad here. Like, because I haven't even been doing this a year. And I've had, like, a hot streak where I've just been, like, amazing. And then I've, I kind of, like, mentally, I've gotten too hot. Or I was like, oh, man, I'm good. I, I could do all this, whatever. And then mm-hmm. I did a set at uh, at Mr. Milkshake. Shout out to Jeff Vance. I just got in contact with him. He put me on a couple of shows. Mr. Milkshake. So in my mind, I thought it was a bar that just serves milkshakes. I was like, okay, that's really fucking cool. I walked in there, not a bar at all. Like they, it strictly only sells milkshake. I looked in the crowd. There's like four six-year-olds. There's 13-year-olds. There's 14-year-olds. And, like, I didn't bomb, but, like, I had jokes about having sex with my wife. I was like, and I wasn't going to change shit. I was like, look, I've already, like, I knew I was going to say this shit. 
and it didn't go over well. And it, I just, it was one of those lessons where you had to like try to adapt to the crowd, but that it was, it was tough. It yeah. was tough. You did the right thing. Never adapt to the, never adapt to the crowd. <laughs> Fuck those no. kids, dude. <laughs> Fuck those kids. Make them learn some new <laughs> words. Like if, if anything, go edgier. <laughs> Man. Obviously don't take that advice. But I, I have, I've done shows like that. I did a show once. Uh, me and Jason were on the same fucking show, I think. It, it was either me or you or it was me or Wally opening for the Drunken Spelling Bee at the Wayward Kraken uh, um, the first time. Thank you. I think it was me and you. I think. Okay. I did it twice. I think it was me and you the second time and me and Wally the first time. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, no, matter, no matter who it was, um, there it was a it's it's this event that's advertised as a drunken spelling bee, which means you get drunk and you try to spell words right at okay. a bar at eight o'clock at night, and there's six year olds, there's a literal baby, there's I, like a four year old. This was I remember this. This was me and you. It was the very first one, and I remember doing it and getting yeah. knocked out a couple rounds in. Yeah, and there was just all these kids there at this bar at 8 o'clock, and I actually went and talked to the owner, and I was like, hey, is it okay if I, like, curse and just, like, do all of my comedy shit? And he's like, yeah, like, we don't censor art here. If they don't like it, they can get out, whatever. So long yeah. story short, I called a six-year-old a slut. Wow, went- that, that escalated <laughs> it, quickly. It, it did yeah, not well, go over well. <laughs> no, it, it went over really well, as I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did pretty hot that night, but um the the producer that was putting it on was like, don't do any material, just do crowd work. So I'm like, all right, I'll do crowd work with these fucking kids, I guess. And the the context of it is the the girl had the same name as one of my ex girlfriends, so I called her a slut. Oh wow! And that went over. It went over all right, I thought. <laughs> See the thing about like the like having kids in the crowd, it's not necessarily the kids because you like like you say, fuck the kids, I'll do my set. But the problem is, it's like the people around them who aren't related to the kids now yeah. they get uncomfortable that you're saying fuck and shit and pussy in front of all these kids, and now they don't want to laugh. And it's almost like laugh is contagious. Like if, if you have a fucked up joke, it takes one person in the crowd to like really like, oh shit, that's funny. And when they laugh. Now the person next to them is more comfortable to laugh. Like, okay, he laughed at it. I'll laugh at it. But like, when you have kids in the fucking crowd, some people they just don't go for that. So, what are the sometimes well, it's hard? One of the biggest laughs I ever got was uh, at Jack's by the Tracks when I, I'm up there doing my set, and I, I got this whole bit about uh, people on Pornhub, and I'm doing this, and then I, what I didn't know there was a whole birthday party of people with their like, you know roughly 10 year old kids in the back and then they come up and, and through the crowd leaving and i'm like in the middle of this bit about Pornhub, and i just look at these kids walking you know, like a family leading a little trail of ducklings behind them and i just look at the, and the dad's holding the door for the kids and they're walking out looking at me and i just look at the dad and i'm like hey kids your dad ever tell you about porn and luckily the whole crowd just <laughs> lost it and i was like good save because this was one of the most tense moments of my life. Like I thought that Shit, dad man. was going to kill me. Yeah. Definitely walking the line on that. One. <laughs> Here's the thing though. It's like, 
you're not in the wrong for doing your job as a comedian. These are some shit parents. Yeah, why do you have your kids, kids in this situation? Why yeah. do you have your yep. kids doing a, a birthday party for kids at a bar at like nine o'clock at night? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. It's like every every situation where I perform for children, there should not have been children there. Mm-hmm. That's usually how it goes. That's usually how it goes. I think Except- I did one clean set. For like like an open mic that was like five minutes and it was outside and there was kids there. But yeah, see that that's my thing too because with comedy as well, I want to. I don't say no to anything. Like I I do whatever type of show. I want to challenge myself. Not sometime in the future, I'm gonna challenge myself to do like a clean set because a lot of comedians they use cuss words just as like space fillers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't be their punchline. They're just using it as space fillers. And I caught myself doing that a couple times. So I want to challenge myself to be like, I'm going to do a whole set, try to be funny, as raunchy as possible, but with no cuss words. I just try to challenge myself every time I hit the stage. That's hard to yeah. do because I actually, you're right, though. I personally myself use curse words as fillers. Because mm-hmm. the, no, there are really, there aren't really, I don't re- really have any curse words that are in that are the punchlines to my joke. So I actually could go and clean up my set if I really wanted to. So, but like you said, like I think the worst uh, night I ever had, and Jacob was there. Uh, we did this uh, brewery in in uh, Pensacola, and like we pull up to this place, and there's literally like a playground. <laughs> with like kids <laughs> playing and I'm just like this is going to be awful like why are we doing this how long ago was that uh what about a year ago year and a half yeah i mean it was it was soon enough that you know jason's just bad at comedy like it yeah. wasn't an experience just <laughs> <laughs> not a good it was comedian. my first show back after the pandemic after everything had been shut down and that's like, that's right. And see, I just worked through the pandemic because I'm a piece of shit and I'm fucking <laughs> I don't know, man. How did that's, y'all uh how did y'all fuck with the uh the roast battle? Cause that was like the last probably the last time like I, I listened to the to the uh the, the podcast. I listened to y'all's podcast. I heard y'all talking about me and stuff. How did y'all how did y'all personally like the roast battle? you want to go first i personally i did not want to do the roast battle i got asked and (laughs) i got asked to do it and was offered you know to get paid for it i did not want to do it i did not volunteer to do that and i just went into it basically like i I, i'm not even gonna try because i'm getting paid either way and then Mm -hmm. the day before you put that video out and I was like, oh, this motherfucker's about to get it. <laughs> and that was when I actually tried. But, you know, I just, I, I didn't put really very much effort into, into that roast battle. And it didn't really go over well because that was a very tense, uh, unsettling night. And that was when I, I that was the last roast battle I'm ever going to do. Uh, I just don't want to do that anymore. I feel that. I feel that. What about you, Jacob? So initially, I had got asked to like her. I I got asked to host the roast battle, and the what the producer wanted me to do was host the roast battle, but also book everybody and put the whole thing together. And I'm like, 
Well, I'm going to say no to this because that's not what a host does. That's what a producer does. If you want me to host it, I'm going to show up and I'm going to host it. I'm not going to book it and go set the whole fucking thing up. Then I should be getting paid your money because that's Mm -hmm. not what a host does. So I told him I would rather just compete in it because I haven't competed in a roast battle uh, in a while. And I've I've produced and put on um, the first, I think, big roast battle in Mississippi that sold, you know, had a fucking packed house or whatever. So I, I had produced like a, this very successful roast battle and, and then I did it again. And uh, so I'd like done this before, like I, and I've competed in roast battles several times. So I'm like, I'm fucking excited for this. Like I'm, I'm ready to just get in there and like, be well, see, I enjoyed those ones that you put on. Like the very first one, I was a, a judge, which was fun because I really only needed to write like one roast joke for everybody that was in there. The second one I did it, I had fun. But my biggest problem with a lot of doing a lot of roast battles is I don't like to roast people that I don't know. Like there's just all every time there's a roast battle, there's at least five or six people that I've never seen these people before in my life. You know, and I don't like writing jokes about people that I don't know. And so that's why I didn't want to do this last one. And I got talked to into it into it because it was like, well, these are going to be people that, you know, so it's going to be a lot easier. I'm like, eh, all right, I guess so. Yeah, it's like, well, the roast battles that I put on, like the way it works was always very clear. Like when, when I did it, I did it by time. I was like, you each have an, a minute of material that you can do. Like the, the roast battle is going to be two minutes. I want you both to go back and forth doing your one minute of material. And if it's over two minutes and whatever, do all the material that you wrote. Do the one minute of two material that you wrote or whatever. Or if it's lines, go back and forth and do lines. Like write, write four lines for each other and do them back and forth. And the roast battle that we did worked like that until the finals with me and you and it gets sprung on us while we're on stage uh just do jokes until you can't anymore yeah that's what 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 that definitely worked in my favor because i'm so good at doing off the cuff i was like oh yeah fuck it let's do that that looked so good in my favor that does not work good in my favor at all because i'm already mentally exhausted i'm drawing a blank i've already Mm -hmm. won two roast battles I've already written jokes for however many people that I didn't even go up against. So those jokes just go in the garbage can. Yeah, that's another thing I don't like is spending all my energy writing jokes for people that I'm probably not even going to go up against. And like, that's just wasted jokes. You know, like that, I could be putting that energy into something else. A hundred percent. You, so for, in my perspective, I, like I was going to be like the ultimate prepared comedian and I was going to write jokes for everybody, right? And then I started, like, getting into that process, and I realized, that's too fucking much. I'm not writing jokes for everybody. Fuck that. I'm just going to write for the jokes of the people that I thought would win. And then that's where, like, if y'all saw, like, my second round against Patty, I, I, I've never met Patty. I've never seen Patty. I didn't know Patty existed until that rose battle. So I had no idea. So I just kind of assumed, oh, Jeremy's going to win this one. I just really assumed. I, I know Jeremy's pretty. So when he didn't win, it fucked me up. So I was like, I was outside just trying to come off with jokes like off the riff. And I'm not. Y- y- what that, ba- that roast battle really taught me is that like, I'm not that great with like one liners. 
I'm horrible with one-liners. Like when it comes, I'm a, I'm a comedian that I can give you a whole scheme of things. I can give you a story. I can break down the story and give you multiple jokes. But as far as like a one to two sentence joke, I don't fucking have it. So I like the roast battle and the fact that it exposed my weakness. And I like, I need to go back and okay, let me strengthen this. Uh-huh. But uh, like, I just kind of went off the top for most of it. And luckily I was able to hold on. But uh, it was it was it was fun. It was it was it was unique. I probably would do it again. I had fun. I had fun. I probably would do it. Again. That's probably the only thing I can say that it is good for is uh, when you get to that point, like what happened to you with Maddie, and you have to go outside and just like I got to come up with like five or six jokes about this person I've never met before in my life, and you're like put on that you know that that hot seat, and you're just like. It works that muscle, and for a while, I, I, you know, I would just write uh, for the past couple of roast battles. I would just kind of write extra roasts, just like almost that could fit, like just generic roasts that you could just add to whoever that you I could have in my back pocket. But I just I don't know. I'm just I just got lazy about roasts over the last last couple of roasts. Like I just don't want to do it anymore and i just don't have the energy for it we got to tell you guys about b-res coffee company that's right b-res coffee is a small business established here on the gulf coast that was created for gamers by game whatever kind of coffee you like they got you covered like the out of this world chocolate and caramel flavored roast or the two hardies one ship which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast you can even get your very own open micers roast of coffee so if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. Yeah, it's also tough to flip that switch and be mean to somebody that you've never met. Yeah. Because even even when I do crowd work, even if you actually look back at like all my roasts, they weren't like super mean. Like I always try to make a roast that even the person that I'm talking about would laugh at. Like, I, I'm not good at being, like, super fucking mean. So it was hard to flip that switch as well. And That's why yeah, I, I I got so many roasts from Jacob, just because I, I, I wouldn't have the going to roast battles against, you know, four or five people I've never met before. And, and I'm like, <laughs> calling Jacob. I'm like, I, what? how do I, why roast somebody I've never met before in my life without, you know, getting punched in the mush for saying something over the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm extremely good at just being really mean to people. Yeah, Jacob's good <laughs> at just like <laughs> just going for the throat. He doesn't care. I don't yeah. know where the line is, Eddie. I never know yeah. where the line is. You 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 gotta kinda have that kind of bone to like just go at people. And I never really I don't know. Cause th- I think if you break it down like comedian wise, my comedian brain is kind of spinning. Like how Jeremy went up against Patty. You know what I'm saying? The very first couple of jokes, he kind it was like it was almost sexist. Like, it was really close to sexist. And then when he did that, he lost the crowd. So yeah. it's almost like, all right, you got to be the balance of, like, how mean are you going to be? You can't be racist. You're going to lose the fucking crowd. But you have to, you have to go in there a little bit. I think it's like, you can, you can definitely do that if you're going to put your whole foot in the pond, but don't dip a toe in it. 
Like mm. it, the jokes that he did, he was kind of like, I'm going to be a little sexist, but if you're just like, shut up, you stupid fat cut, like everyone would have loved it. <laughs> and it's always easier to roast like people that you know, like the, the comedians that you know, because it, it's, you know, like you know what your line is with people that you're around all the That's time. True. And I don't, yeah. I'm not that type of person. I don't like to cross a lot. I don't want to like actually offend someone, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just yeah, not my thing. Well, I think like I, most, most true comics, like I think me and Eddie had like the same kind of response when everyone was like, is there anything that no one need, like that no one should joke about? It's like, say anything, absolutely anything you want about me. Like, cause I'm a fucking comic and I will find the humor in it. Just don't say anything about the other people that are in my life. Like, that's the yeah. only fucking line. Yeah, like, for me to go up there and, like, talk about your mom, like, I, I thought that shit was, like, out of line. And my only, my only, like, it's too far, don't talk about my wife. Don't talk about anybody that can't. You can talk about me as much as possible. Yeah. Here's the thing, Jacob, though, which is crazy, bro. I guess I'll give you a little hint if there's ever a roast battle in the in the future. You talked about like how, how, as a black person, I act really white. Yeah. Like if you really would have leaned on that shit, that really was like my fucking butt. Because I, I, you, you've heard that I've had jokes about like being the only black person in an all white yeah. school until yeah. I went to middle school and I had to learn how to be black. Like that was something that I like literally fought with my entire life, <laughs> trying to find a fucking identity <laughs> of being black enough in a black setting and shit. Like, you touched on it a little bit and then you went away from it. But I was like, in the back of my mind, like, holy shit, if he fucking keeps going in, he's tapping into my childhood pain right here. And he yeah. doesn't even fucking know you it hear, he went well, away from it. You want to hear one of the uh, of the roasts I had for you? We never got to go up against each other. I still have these on <laughs> my phone. <laughs> What's that? So I, And this is probably not going to make sense for the people that didn't see the video that you put up before the day before, and I wrote, yeah. this motherfucker wore a Boys in the Hood shirt in his video roasting me trying to look hard. This dude's so white, he looks like he eats Popeyes with a fork. <laughs> that shit good. gets me. Like, personally, I don't, personally, that shit gets me, because I've battled with trying to be black enough my entire fucking yeah. life. That shit personally got to me. And then your Facebook yeah, page, nice. like, your Facebook page, your, your name is Edmund Eddie Kane Allen. Yeah, I have, on one, the the, I have one, one of the whitest names. I, my name is Edmund. <laughs> I wrote... For sure. Save some fucking names for the rest of us, you greedy bastard. You can keep Edmund, <laughs> though. That's the name of a man who was breastfed till he was 20. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, like, personally, I've been like, damn, that's nice. And my, got me. my absolute favorite, Eddie has fucked over so many white women, his nickname is Herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's I didn't one get I, that one. That's the one that wouldn't have hit. I will say on this podcast for all open micers, uh, white women's not usually my thing. Like if I, I've had messed with white women yeah. in my past, but it's very, very few. Herbalife. You don't know they what Herbalife is. Don't. They nag a lot, though, though, don't they, Eddie? Like I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when I, I told you about like my my uh, my alter ego being Eddie Kane and stuff. Like I'm like super fucking. I'm confident when it comes to talking to women back when I was in college for whatever fucking reason, bro. When I used to talk to, when I tried to talk to white girls, I would freeze. I have nothing. 
in common with white girls. Like I would yeah. fucking freeze. I was like, I don't even know. We would talk about the next Miley Cyrus album. Like, I don't know what to say to you. So you and don't like freeze. iced coffee at all? No, I don't like <laughs> I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. Like I would fucking freeze when it came to white women. Like I I I, I don't know what it was. Don't feel so bad. I, I really don't have anything to talk to him about either. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But, yeah, I don't know. White women are kind of the worst. You know what's crazy? <laughs> Jason, the uh, the girl that fucking that heckled me, right? And I kind of uh-huh. like got. She was trying to holler at me the whole time when I got I, off stage. I know. I'm. I was watching this happen, and I was kind of sitting back enjoying the show because I'm watching you, like this girl, try to hit on you. I'm like, just ruin this dude's set. And now she's hitting on him. Like, what is happening? Ruined. And here's what's even crazy. Like, let's let's not. I'm gonna take names out of it. Right. That was another comedian's girlfriend that had first showed up. So at the very beginning, he was like, I was. I saw him. I was like, Hey, what's up, man? Was talking to him. Maybe I'll tell y'all names when we get off of here or whatever. Yeah. He he should definitely do that. (laughs) He was telling me like, Yo, this was like probably like the girl of his dreams. And I was like, yo, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yada, yada, yada. I get on stage. I try to open dialogue with this drunk girl. Fucking terrible. I'm pissed about it because it's a competition. That's another thing. I probably won't do competitions anymore. When I get done with this, I'm probably not going to do competitions no more. But I get I get off the stage and I'm just like, I'm, I'm pissed because I'm like, I that's not the best I could do. I let this girl get the best of me. And then she is trying to holler at me the whole time. She was like, yo, what's your number? I'm like, what the fuck? You like, you literally fucked me up on stage and you think we finna fuck? None of that. None of She followed. I, I remember going, because I was currently watching Stranger Things. Shout out to Stranger Things. Love that. Season four is fucking amazing. And I was like, let me get away from the bar. I'm just going to go into my car and I'm going to watch a couple episodes of Stranger Things. She followed me out to my fucking car. I'm like, bro, leave me the fuck alone. You like you literally fucked me up. Number one, I'm married, and number two, you fucked me up comedically. Leave me the fuck alone. But it was wild. She tried to holler at me the whole time. I, no, yeah, no, that's there's, insanity. Is what that is, dude. There's definitely some chuckle fuckers out there, dude. I've I've witnessed guys like have to just swat <laughs> bitches away, and it's hard. Like single guys, like it, it wouldn't be hard for me, right? Because I'm not single, so I'll just be like, no, I have a girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> But these single guys, this girl is like, hey, let's just go out to my car real quick. And they're like, no, I'm okay, thank. Like, bro, what? Nah, man, go out to her car, dude. Go out to her car with her. (laughs) I remember in high school, and I thought that was like, okay, as as dope and manly as it is to pull bitches and, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, pull women. Sorry. Now they're To pull women. (laughs) As dope as it is to get as many girls, for me, it's even doper to see a to, to see a dude tell a girl no. Like I, I remember in high school, like we had some sort of like uh, senior graduation shit, and a girl walked up to one of my homies and she was like, "Hey, can I give you head for the night?" And my homie was like, "Nah, I'm good." And I thought that was like the fucking dopest shit. Like, yo, she, he doesn't even want you to suck his dick. Like, you got to get the fuck out of here, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's what every guy like that's that's every guy that actually thinks with his head though. 
Like, yes. you're actually thinking yes. with your brain. You're like, you really want to just suck my dick right now, and we just met? There's something wrong with you. Exactly. And, and now, that's also a testament to guys who have control of their urges. That shows you, like, real discipline. Because a girl who just would come up randomly and wants to suck your dick, it's not going to be a good girl. She's, and that's probably not the first time that she's asked to suck a dick. And it's not going to be good head either. <laughs> it's, it's not. So for you to really can take control of your discipline, like as a married man, I do that shit all the time now. I could be like, no. But like to watch somebody single who like had the option to and be like, nah, I'm good. Like, whoa, yeah. shit. You just shit it on her. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned being done with competitions, though. It, it, it seems like from an outside, like third person perspective, you're kind of built for competitions like you like the ones that I've seen you in you have fucking you've done pretty fucking well mobile comedy festival excluded which is a really weird competition by uh-huh. the way but it seems like all the competitions that I've seen you in like you've done well so like why why are you kind of done with those now uh so I, I've done well because like right now I've really broken down my my comic goals in stages right and right now i'm focusing on trying to be funny and if you guys have listened a lot of my subjects they're not raunchy subjects like i could really i could really do the same set for this group and that group like i've taken the same set in front of all white crowds and i've taken the same set in front of all black crowds and it's done very well i don't really have any raunchy shit so i do pretty well in and competitions because my shit is so like it reaches everybody a little bit the problem with competitions is that i feel like that i'm performing for the crowd like i'm not trying to be the best eddie king that i can be i'm trying to be a comedian that these people would like the most so if i walk if i was doing that competition in an all-white room in my mind i'm saying okay what jokes would white people like the most or what jokes would black people like the most or whatever, instead of saying, let me be the best Eddie Kane that I could be. So last, the last competition I did was uh, last week. And I got one more, actually two more coming up. Shit. Uh, last week, the Alabama, the big Bama blowout, I got all the way to the end. And um, I, I got to perform at the star dome in, uh, in Birmingham. Uh, Stardome Comedy Club, which was like fucking mind blowing. You walk in, so many legends on the wall, and it was the first time that I'm sitting in a green room, getting free Kit Kats and water, and then like getting like it was an actual comedy club. And I'm so used to like the bar scenes, the drunk people. I'm so used to that that I didn't adapt well. Like I felt like I got on stage and I was like, I was just trying to be. I don't know, the comedian that everybody wants. I had a strict seven minutes and I was just trying to be the best comedian instead of trying to be the best me. And it it, it took, as a a creative process, it took me out of my bag. Like I was just trying to be the comedian that everybody wanted instead of like being the best me that I could be. And then competitions are just like, I don't know, man. Sometimes people who are most most like get pushed forward and it's a sub comedy is subjective. Like how the fuck I've seen like turd jokes go very well in one area and then like shitty in another area. 
So how could how could overall you could be like this comedian is better than this comedian when they're just two different style comedians? Like he does right. jokes about sucking his dad's dick or some shit like that. Some oh, yeah. people find that shit funny. Some people don't. It's just different. There's different levels when it comes to comedy. And it's for to have like judges be like, no, you're not a good uh, comedian. It's it's weird for me. It's weird. Yeah. Especially if the judges aren't comedians. And they kind of just more don't weird. know. They don't know like what the fuck they're looking for. Even even fucking more weird, man. Yeah. Real talk though. How many Kit Kats did you steal out of that green room? <laughs> you want the real talk? Uh, yeah. I had one while I was back there. Then I uh, went on stage to perform. Came back. I had another. And then I remember leaving. It was all over. And then I remember going back in trying to see if I can make con- like uh, some connections. And I stole another Kit Kat. So three. I had okay. three Kit Kats back there, like full size bars of yeah. Kit Kats. See, that's why I'm not like for real comedy clubs because I would have just taken all the Kit Kats. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just it's, pocketed Kit Kats. It's different too. That was the first time that I had like a spotlight on me. And like, like I said before, my superpower is crowd work, crowd reaction. That was the first time I was on stage and the light was so bright. Uh, I, didn't, I couldn't fucking see anybody. Yeah, so now I'm case. like, I can't. I couldn't tell if people were fucking with my jokes. I can't see shit. Yeah, so it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, that's that's like a. I mean that that's a common mistake. Like for for first like w- w- like in every comedian's journey, like every comedian goes through that stage, like the bright light syndrome, where it's like this is the furthest I've ever fucking made it. Whether the lights mm-hmm. are bright figuratively or lig- or literally, but. Plus, it's a whole different animal going from, you know, a bar where it's they're just doing open mic comedy night at a bar and they're not a comedy club. And then you go to somewhere where you have to fight for every, you know, uh, to get people's attention. And then you go to a comedy club where uh, or somewhere where it's an actual comedy night where people pay tickets or, you know, where they're there to see comedy. They're like, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Another thing, another thing that fucked me up too, just like from, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm a big athlete guy, big sports guy. You know, I play, I played, uh, I played football at the university of Kentucky. That's the highest I got. I've always been a big, like away person. Like when I played my better games when I was away, because this is something I'm still working on. I'm being fully transparent. Like expectations is weird for me. Right. So I love going into like an open mic. Nobody know who I am. I get on stage and I fucking kill it. People get I get off stage and be like people like, oh, my gosh, you're you're really amazing. Here's what fucks me up when people know who I am and they're like, yo, that's Eddie Kane. You know what I'm saying? He's going to do really good. Oh, man, he's already got this. That shit fucks me up because now people are expecting me to be good. (laughs) And that's what I, I heard. I had three different conversations. Where before I went on Stardome, I introduced myself like, yo, I'm Eddie. And people were like, oh, yeah, man, I heard about you. You're going to kill tonight. And I'm like, man, fuck. For whatever reason, that fucked me up. Like when people expect me to do good, it kind of fucks me up. I'm still battling that. I like to be the underdog. Nobody knows me. I don't like to be like, yo, you're expected to kill kill, kill tonight. Fuck. All right. Thank you. It's always nice to be the underdog, though, to come in and just kill it. And nobody expects mm-hmm. you to. That's awesome. But yeah, I do so have I, to I say, I was a little nervous at that. I was a little nervous at that roast because I made the I made the video 
and a lot of people were like, "Oh man, you're gonna fucking kill it," and that that made me nervous. <laughs> See, I that's say- another thing that I did wrong because I I said, "Yeah, fuck that video. I could make a video too," and I just didn't <laughs> take it seriously, and I probably should have. <laughs> I will say the first night I met you was in Mobile at the comedy competition that was over there. Um, oh yeah. And you, I'm, I'm going to say this right here, it is a travesty that you did not win that competition because you freaking killed that room. And the only reason you didn't is because that one guy that brought all of his friends from work and they were all heckling us. It was a fucking, so that's another reason I don't really fuck with comedy competitions because some, especially if it's based off crowd noise, it's about how many people you bring. So yeah. that it, it was a um, no names again. Maybe after we we get done, it was another female comedian. That was her first ever time performing, right? But she had brought out twenty five people. I later figure on l- later figure out like six months down the road through her like Instagram comments and shit. She informed every person that she invited to not cheer for anybody else and only cheer for her. That's why. She gave them that instruction. That's so that's another reason where I'm like, well, fuck competitions, man. I don't yeah. like that yeah. shit. Yeah, the last, uh, that, that same competition that uh, you guys are talking about, I got in a fist fight out on the street. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Because that fucking guy had to bring just all of his shitty ass friends from work who are just not good people. Yeah, so we, we didn't name any names, right? No. We, we haven't no, said any names? No, don't name that any guy, names. That guy is uh, the girlfriend. The girlfriend that was... Uh, oh. That's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't name any names, though. We didn't name any names, though. He deserves that. He deserves <laughs> that. Wow. We didn't name any names, though. We didn't name well, any I gave names, her though. a choice name. When uh, <laughs> I was talking about her ruining her sex, so I'm gonna go back and bleep that out so I don't get punched in the mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure you edit this out. But that was, that was his girlfriend. Mm. I don't give a fuck, dude. I already fought his friend. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I wish, dude. I, it was so crazy because I wish you would have told me. Because like Jacob, here's another long story that I'm gonna get in. This is just Jacob. I fuck with you the long way, and I wish Hell you. Yeah, would, I wish yeah. it would have been out. I wish it would have been out there. Because I would have fought the dude for you. And this is the yeah. reason why, Jacob. And I don't even think you know how instrumental that you are in my comedic career. Right? Oh, so dude, I got I'm married. about to cry. Don't, don't yeah, fucking you're, you're, make me cry. Yeah. Dude. No, let me, let, me, let me get into it. Let me get into it. I got married last October. Or uh, last, uh, last year, 2021, October. I got married. Boom, boom, boom. 2021 was crazy for me. I, I bought a house. I got married. Uh, so shit was crazy. So by the time we got married, by the time we got back from the honeymoon and stuff, we kind of had a slow time. And my wife was like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, I really want to fucking do comedy. You know what I'm saying? And my wife really pushed like, well, you're, you haven't been consistent, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, fuck it. I asked somebody else close to my life, like, am I not consistent? And some, they was like, no, nah, you're not fucking consistent. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to start getting consistent in comedy because I think I like this shit. But I don't I didn't know whether or not I was good or not. Right. So I started doing open mics three to four times a week. Right. I go to the juke joint. You never met me before. I go to the juke joint. Yo, my name's Eddie Kane. Can I get on the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. You're going 
fourth, fifth, whatever you said, Jacob, right? So I get up there, boom, I do my shit. I get off, right? Every, every person has a core group of friends and family, right? And that core group of fam- friends and family, they're supposed to believe in you. They're supposed to be like, yo, you got this, yada, yada, yada. Yo, of course, keep pushing, you're funny. There's a, so my wife, my friends, they all push me and said, yeah, you're funny, you can do this. Jacob Craig was the first person outside of that, my, that core group. Because in my mind, yeah, they're supposed to say that, right? But I need to know what other people think. You were the first person. I got off stage. You came to me and you were like, yo, how fucking long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, bro, like two weeks. You were like, you're good enough to get paid. Let me, let me introduce you to such and such. Let me do that. You're fucking good. That, Jacob Craig was the first person outside my core group to like, I could see that he believed in me. And it was literally the confirmation for me to keep going. Cause I was like, cause you're neutral. You don't give a fuck if I'm good. You don't give a fuck if I'm bad. You don't, you don't give a shit what, nothing about me. You're neutral until that night. So for you to tell me like, yo, you're fucking good. And then I got the tip jar at the end of the night. The tip jar was seven bucks. I looked at those $7 like, yo, what the fuck? This is the first time I ever got paid for comedy. It was literally like the jumpstart to like, yo, if I could make this a career, if I could make this my dreams, like it was the first instance where I was like, I think I can do this. Of course, other people are supposed to tell me, yeah, you got this, you got this. But Jacob Craig, him giving me that $7 was the (laughs) first time I was like, I can fucking do this. So I want to say, I want to say thank you, Jacob. Cause you fucking, you, you made me like take off and really love this comedy shit, bro. Thank you. Dude, you're, you're so fucking welcome, dude. Like, and I, I still fuck with you. I'm always going to fuck with you, man. I'll, I would, I would fight that dude and I would fight a dude trying to fight you. I fuck, I've got, <laughs> I've got your back. I'm from Mississippi and I'm fucking crazy, dude. Like we've got this, um, dude. Uh, that that means a lot to me man that that's i'm i'm gonna cry a little bit uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it we last emotional we gotta get everything on this podcast i don't think i've ever cried on the podcast before dude oh, man i should i should talk longer dude if you uh if you make jacob cry on the podcast then you automatically get to replace him as my co-host <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> No, I am open micers. <laughs> all the shit and egg jokes. Uh, but oh Eddie, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Always love hanging out with you and talking to you. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. And um, you got where? Where can everybody find your stuff on the internet? Uh, so I try to keep everything um, essential, everything the same. It's Eddie Kane comedy across. Instagram, Facebook, and t- TikTok. That's Eddie Kane, E D D Y Kane, K A N E comedy. K because cap alpha side. So everything across all platforms is uh, Eddie Kane comedy. I told Jacob, look, when y'all start doing like in person podcasts, I got to be the first motherfucker on. Like, I, I look, I waited a month and a half to be on here. I'm really fucking excited. <laughs> To get on this bitch and talk comedy. I gotta oh, be yeah, the first dude. person in person, bro. Hell yeah. I, I will make this promise live on air. 
when we Let's do go. get a studio space, I'll speak it into existence. When we do get a studio space, when we do, Eddie Eddie Kane will be the first guest on our podcast. That's in what I live in studio. That's what I want to hear. And I don't care if it's like in a fucking uh, Mississippi kitchen. I don't care if it's, <laughs> if it's in person. I gotta I gotta show up on per- I gotta show up in person. I gotta be the first person in person. Hell yeah, guest wise, we play. We, well, we you, can definitely get that. You've problem. inspired me to uh, get off my ass and get back out to the uh, the open mics because I've taken way too much time off and uh, I need to go polish up some of these new little bits that I got. So I need to get back out there. And uh, it, it proved to me at the, at the competition a couple of weeks ago that can't just take two months off and then go back up on stage because it, it leaves you. If, you it, if you don't use it, you lose it, man, hard. 100%. And the last thing, last little story, because I, I love fucking talking about comedy, as you can tell. I keep yeah. telling these long ass fucking stories and I love talking to y'all and shit. The last thing I'll say is like the reason that like I've only been doing comedy for uh, I think eight months. Within the eight months, I got to perform at the Stardome, com- uh, Stardome Club. I've done, I've won a couple of competitions. I've been everywhere pretty good in about four fucking states and the reason being man i tell everybody even if it's not comedy whatever it is fucking pursue your dreams right so i I graduated college i even have my master's and i got the educational job that i always wanted i was like oh this is the job that i wanted now i'm even getting paid the money that i wanted he talked about having a 401k savings i got all that shit the problem was it was a fucking cubicle job. And then after about like seven months in and I'm walking in, I'm sitting down at the same cubicle. I look at my computer screen like, I don't fucking like this shit. Uh-huh. Like, even okay, I'm getting the money to provide for my family. I'm getting all that, but I don't like this shit. There's no way that I could look at this computer screen for the rest of my life, even though it does support my family. I have to find something. So getting on stage, telling these jokes, and then, like I said, Jacob Craig coming up to me at the open mic and telling me, like, yo, you can do this shit. It reunited the fucking passion for me to make this my career. Because I just, I can't sit in a fucking cubicle. I can't do that shit no more. I need to get out. I would love to do this shit for a living. I'm telling you, for only having been doing it for eight months, like, dude, you are... So goddamn funny. It, it makes me jealous. <laughs> like, I wish I was half <laughs> as funny as you are. And I can't wait to see what your career is going to be like, you know, five years from now. Like, it, if you're not touring, like, a, as a, a headlining act all over America, like, there's no, there's no justice in the universe. Like, it, it, yeah. it will happen, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, Just yeah, keep you're, you're doing def- what you're doing, and you're going to get there. There's no denying it. Your your stage presence, your 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 jokes, your comedy, you know the way you deliver your jokes, like it, just your personality altogether. Like you're just absolutely one of the most likable people on the planet, and all that. Just keep moving forward, and it will you'll you'll, you'll break through at some point. That's all I need. That's all I need. I just love this comedy shit, man. Like I said, I've been waiting a month and a half to get on your podcast just to fucking talk <laughs> comedy. That's the only reason that I stay because like, I, I think we talked about it too. I'm an old man when it, at least I feel like an old man. So the only time that I stay like after comedy shows is either I'm A, I'm waiting to get paid 
or B, I'm talking to another com- uh, comedian about comedy. Yeah. So I could do this shit like all fucking day. And that's when I realized like, yo, this is my passion. Like two, three o'clock in the morning, I would talk hours of fucking comedy or, or I'm waiting to get paid. So I just, I love, I love being on here, man. It was just, this is fun. I can't wait oh, till yeah, we can dude. do this. Like, I we need to speak that into existence, Jacob. We need to have an in-person podcast. We we're tired of Absolutely. doing this over Zoom. We need our own yeah, office man. space. Look, that's I'm I'm working right now to get us some fucking deals, man. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in a year or less, we could get a good fucking deal with some kind of streaming service. Because, dude, the next month of guests is kind of fucking insane. <laughs> And Eddie, you're going to be graduated a month and a half because all the guests we have coming on next month, like you are preceded by some fucking comedy legends, dude. Shit. I can't wait. Shit, I'll take pull. it. I can't wait till people see what we're dropping over the next month. Like, it's insane. Good. Good. Like I said, man, y'all, y'all, I think the biggest thing that y'all have done is be like consistent and y'all, y'all steady put out content. Y'all steady. This is fucking good. You've already yeah, dedicated your Monday to make sure like you're this is a priority. Yeah, man. I think y'all are all y'all are y'all are fucking there. So when y'all do that shit in person, I just y'all can do a show, but just just Jason and just Jacob by yourself. But <laughs> the first guest that you have in person, that shit better be Eddie Kane. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. We, we will definitely do that, brother. But yeah, thanks again right. for coming on the show, man. I'll put your link uh there in the show notes. And uh, Jacob, what you, what do you have coming up? So uh, August 25th, uh, a month from now, I will be headlining uh, at the Reef, uh, Sky Bar at the Reef in Biloxi for uh, the Last Laugh Comedy that they have there, hosted by Patty Dwyer. I'm going to be That's doing a nice Patty. little 30-minute set uh, there in August. Um I And also, that that's all I have really going on in terms of comedy, but... Uh, I will be right after we wrap. I'm going to put next month's full guest calendar on our website. So go to openmikers.com, check out all the guests we have on coming in the coming. I can't talk. I have very <laughs> little education. All the guests we have coming on in the month of August, it's going to blow your fucking mind, guys. So please go check out our website. Uh, go check out our Patreon and give us some money. Go check out our merch. And be as be yoked like me. How about that? Oh yeah. And uh go check out uh go to the sound two two eight, which we've had uh both of the hosts on this show here. Uh Falls from Grace, my band is gonna be open up opening up for post profit at the Cannery Bar and Grill in Biloxi, August thirteenth. Uh coming up in what, two weeks? And it's ten dollars for your tickets. Cause go to the sound two two eight dot com and check out those tickets. And uh, is there anything else free? we need to shut up, Jacob? Can I get in for free? No. Yes, of course. You'll be, yeah, you'll fuck be my, you're He's gonna never have given to, me a free ticket before. You're gonna have to carry my <laughs> stuff in and uh, help me move <laughs> stuff around. I will, I will, dude. I'll you'll work, be the I'll new Gooter. That's who you'll be. You'll be Jacob Gooter Craig. <laughs> Jacob Gooter Craig. Let's go. But, uh, but yeah, Eddie, thanks again for coming on the show. And Jacob, uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. If you'd like to email us, email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, openmikers.com takes you to our brand new website where you can see all those links and all that good stuff. See who's coming up in the next month. And go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. And we will see all of you guys 
next week. I think I dated a girl named Peter once. <laughs>